0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we talk about this big win by the Reds over the Brewers, I wanted to let you know that you should check out the Locked On MLB podcast after today's Locked On Reds and listen to what Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, has to say about the league, whether it's today or whether it's in the past. He has a brain for baseball, check out the Locked On MLB podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. This is the daily podcast about the Cincinnati Reds. And I'm your host, Jeff Carr, super fan and addict. Turn my addiction into information for you. We've won five in a row. All right, not we. I'm I'm not on the team and neither are you, unless you're a player and you're listening, which that's really cool. But the Reds have won five in a row. They're three games back of the Cubs and the Brewers for the NL Central lead. And they did it in one of the most stressful, scary ways possible. But hey, we're going to talk about this win here today and preview the series finale, a chance for the Reds to get a sweep over the Milwaukee Brewers. What? Yeah, sweep. We're going to talk about that here. All in just a minute. Before we get into that, though, make sure you're following the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show on Lockdown Reds. And save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Get excited about two things. Tomorrow, we will have the Locked On Padres host, Javier Reyes, will join me for a Reds-Padres crossover. Looking forward to that. And next week, next Monday, we add video. There will be a YouTube channel, the Locked On Reds YouTube channel, will begin next Monday. I'm very excited about that, I and I think you should be too. All right, let's talk about this. When the Reds get their fifth win in a row, this one came completely differently. So the first game against the Brewers, they just scored a billion runs and scored on them to death. Game two was a lot different because Brett Anderson had his best stuff. They got the absolute A game. I... Don't even have to look at this dude's game log on baseball reference to know that that was Brett Anderson's best start of the year. 9 strikeouts, 1 hit allowed, 1 walk allowed. That uh, you're not getting better than that unless you're throwing a no-hitter and yeah, Brett Anderson hasn't thrown a no-hitter this year. But to counter was the return. I'm saying it and I think you're saying it too. I think everybody's saying it. La Piedra is back that was more like it and we can begin to expect this from him every fifth day out because this is what we were looking for we were looking for limiting the base runners limiting the damage I'm not saying he's going to pitch a shutout every time out but seven shutout innings six base runners six strikeouts absolutely phenomenal Love that from La Piedra. And the velocity was still amazing. It wasn't as if he was like, okay, I'll take a couple miles off and I'll control it better. No, he's got control. He didn't throw his sinker into the middle of the strike zone and get it clobbered. He didn't throw his changeup in the middle of the strike zone and get it clobbered. He kept the sinker in the bottom slash and in the inner side and all that stuff. And they had the changeup working down low. Did he and Tyler Stevenson? It was just a great day for Luis Castillo, and I was bummed that they didn't give him any runs, but I'm not a guy that gets all bent out of shape about a pitcher getting a win. More so is just the recognition. The nice thing is, the Reds were able to pull this win out of the hat. They pulled the rabbit out of the hat because you had a great pitching performance by Brad Brock in the 8th inning. That was dominant. Brad Brock. Then Heath Hembry Honestly, I thought Heath did okay. He just got tripped up by that 13-pitch at bat by Jace Peterson to begin the inning. If I'm any pitcher, that, that would just throw me off. But that was a beautiful outing. And Lucas Sims, not to be outdone in the ninth inning, he kept things scoreless to go into extras and he faced the meat of the lineup for the brewers and got it done pitching wise. Phenomenal the hitting (laughs) I'd love to say, and I said this in my lockdown. Now uh, the hitting did just enough, but by just enough, That means that since the pitching was able to survive and get them to extra innings, the Reds just have some sort of hold over extra innings games this year. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that this is a talent. I think this is more circumstantial evidence. Maybe we use the L word and saying that it's luck, but they held on. The pitching, if you saw like the old Spider-Man movies, the ones with Tobey Maguire, in it, I think it was Spider-Man 2, where he held the train, he was shooting all his webs onto buildings and stuff, trying to hold a runaway train from running off the track and killing hundreds of people, and that was pretty much like what the Reds pitching was doing. They were just holding on for dear life until the bats could give them something. Well, in the 10th inning they gave them something in like the weirdest of ways, the most baseballist of ways because the bases were loaded, Gino was up, he gets hit by a pitch. Boom, one nothing. Well, that's exciting. And then, following him, Kyle Farmer comes up, hits a sacrifice fly. The Reds are up 2 to nothing, and all of a sudden this game feels like it's in hand. But the 10th inning, I mentioned Heath Hembry. The 13 pitch at bat, it seemed like every pitch after like the sixth or seventh pitch, you started to get a little bit more nervous about Jace Peterson probably getting on base. Heath Henry was able to work a strikeout through that. That was one hell of a battle. And, and if you're telling me, like, obviously there are marquee pitching and hitting matchups in this sport. Like, talking about, like, I don't know, like if you just want to dream it up. Max Scherzer. Oh, well, okay. This probably happens a lot. Max Scherzer against Ronald Acuna. Um, let's go a dream pitching matchup of Trevor Bauer against Mike Trout or something like that. Yeah. You're not going to put Heath Embry against Jace Peterson on that list, but that was a lot of fun. If I were, you know, if I didn't have as much skin in the game for the Reds as I do, that was a lot of fun to watch. And now that the fact that we know that Heath Hembry got the strikeout, I can say that was fun. But that was a long at bat that really kind of threw him off. So Amir Garrett had to come in and get the one-out save, but Garrett looked phenomenal against Pablo Reyes to end the game. And that was that. The Reds won 2-1 to one as Hembry did allow a run. And looking ahead to today's game, Seriously, that we see Heath He's pitched a lot in the last two days. So I think he's unavailable tonight. Probably not going to see Brad Brack tonight. Probably won't see Lucas Sims today. I keep saying tonight's today. So it'll be interesting to see how David Bell pieces together this bullpen without those guys. Because Heath Hembry has been the guy who has stepped up in the absence of TJ Antone. And he's done so pretty admirably. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we have found the third best pitcher in this bullpen. I still think that is a work in progress. But the bullpen as a whole has stepped up. I mean, you knew something had to give because they were coming up with some of the worst statistics you've ever seen in a bullpen. But like Joel Luckup tweeted late last night, he said, Reds bullpen during the current five game win streak has 15 and a third innings pitched and a 1.17 ERA, 27 strikeouts to five walks and opponents are hitting 098 against them. That is more like it. Those are the kind of stats that are going to normalize the numbers that we've been seeing from this bullpen that have been so stomach-churning. But they got the win, and they got a shot at the sweep tonight. All right, we got some more to cover. We're going to talk about a couple of news items and look ahead to this pitching matchup. Before we jump into all of that, though, I wanted to let you know that today's Episode of the Lockdown Reds podcast is brought to you by Sports Trade. Sports Trade is the brand new website that merges fantasy sports and the stock market. And you can make some cash by owning stock in your favorite players. Check out Sports Trade today. Go to sportstrade.com and watch the video on how it works so you get the lay of the land. And I'll give you a quick synopsis. The way that you make money on Sports Trade is as easy as a one, two step process. The first step is player performances that are basically like fantasy sports scoring performances, and they ascribe value to that each and every day the second step is just supply and demand the more demand that a player has the higher his value goes check out sports trade today set up your account and then you can start buying as much stock in as many players as often as you like build your player portfolio and watch your values rise at sportstrade.com Speaking of growing your money, I've been telling you guys about Wealthfront here for a little bit. They are a company that can help you grow your savings through a portfolio of diverse, low-cost index funds. They put it all together themselves based on preferences that you set. There's no worry about having to watch the stock market every day. There's no worry about manual trades and doing it all yourself because Wealthfront takes care of it themselves go to wealthfront.com slash lockdown MLB and get your first five thousand dollars managed for free for life wealthfront has been entrusted with over 20 billion dollars of assets and they can help you grow your savings today. Check them out at wealthfront.com slash On MLB. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash lockdown MLB. All you need is $500 to get started and watch your money grow at wealthfront.com slash lockdown MLB. There are a couple of injuries that are coming up, at least so far as the IL stint is concerned. Both Mike Mostakis and Sonny Gray seem to be progressing in the right directions. Uh, Sonny Gray's injury, according to David Bell, is progressing right. They they don't have a first start date for him, though his 10-day IL stint will expire, or not expire, but at least the 10 days will be up this Saturday, the 19th. What is interesting is his spot in the rotation is due up the 18th. So Tony Santion supposedly will get at least one more start in the major leagues before Sonny Gray returns. What will be cool to see is that if he does come back as expected with the minimum and he doesn't need a rehab start or anything like that. He will return in time for his next start, which will be against Atlanta, which will be a huge deal because it'll be nice to be all hands on deck for that stretch of games. Because you have Atlanta, Philadelphia, San Diego, and Chicago, it'd be nice to see him back. And also, speaking of coming back, Mike Mostakis had his first uh, rehab start at Triple A on Tuesday. He went one for three. The uh, expectation is that he'll be back this weekend, and I saw an interesting idea proposed by Reds Content Plus on the morning spin. They talked about whenever he returns, obviously, at least in the first couple of games, David Bell is just going to do like he did earlier in the season, have Joey Votto at first, Jonathan Indy at second, Eugenio Suarez at short. And Mike Mostakis at third. And we all kind of collectively groan at the idea of Gino trying to play short again, although he has looked okay at third base here recently. Last night, notwithstanding, but we, you know, whatever. But with Mostakis coming back, his career splits of left handers and right handers is pretty pronounced. And this year, in a small sample size, is even more pronounced. Maybe they look at a platoon situation. Now, The platoon would basically be Suarez would play third base whenever they face lefties, and then Kyle Farmer would start at shortstop against lefties. I don't know if I love that idea, but at least it's a way to maximize value against left-handed pitchers because then you have Aquino and you have Stevenson and the Reds have a very nice right-handed lineup against a left-handed pitcher, and they have some options. And we know that David Bell loves options but I think that for as much as we have debated and as much as we've thought and as much as us fans have tried to create scenarios in which Gino is in the lineup but doesn't have to play as short and Moose is in the lineup but doesn't have to play second so that Jonathan India can be in the lineup I, I think it's still going to be India at second Gino at short and Moose at third Not saying I agree with it, but saying that's what that's going to be, at least in the beginning. And this is my daily spot where I want to advocate to ownership into the front office. Please, 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 please make some trades. You've got a lot of guys that are very similar in similar positions. You could turn those into bullpen arms. You could possibly turn those into shortstop. I, I, I don't know. Get creative with it. Don't just look at the roster and say, hey, this is going to work as is, because so far they're above 500, but they could be better. We've seen areas where if they were just a little bit better here or a little bit better there, this team might be four or five games above 500 and might be in first place right now. They're close. And this division is attainable. Really hope that ownership in the front office agree with that sentiment and decide to go add a couple of pieces. I, I put a poll up at Locked on Twitter of which you would rather see. And the parameters were one. I know people were commenting of, well, I'd rather have multiple of one and then the other. But the poll was, would you rather have a shortstop or would you rather have a bullpen arm? And I'm talking about, would you rather have a bona fide shortstop or a bona fide bullpen arm and the majority of folks who voted on the poll voted for the bonafide bullpen arm because that has definitely been a detriment. I think the reds have been okay without that bonafide shortstop. And the good news is it's going to be a lot easier to trade for a bonafide bullpen arm than a bonafide shortstop. I, I don't see any realm of reality. I don't see any timeline, uh, you know, shout out to Loki and stuff like that. I don't see anything that says a bona fide bullpen arm will cost more than, say, like Trevor Story or something. Trevor Story is going to cost a lot in a trade. I know that his contract's expiring, but the Rockies are going to get whatever they can get because they got hosed on that Nolan Arenado deal, which is their own fault. Yes, I know. But that's why they're going to try and overcompensate with this Trevor Story deal. So, I'd rather see the Reds go for a bona fide bullpen arm in that scenario. And I think that will be amazing because if you add a dude who can definitely be trusted, you get three guys who are absolutely awesome night in and night out, teaching Anton Lucas Sims and bona fide bullpen arm number one. Then the kind of inconsistencies you get from the other guys, whether it be Heath Embry striking out the side, or Heath Hembree giving up homers, or whether it be Amir Garrett walking everybody or Amir Garrett striking everybody out, you can live with that because you can bring in one of your bona fide guys and shut the door. I'm still not sure that I trust any ownership group that talks about budgeting more than they talk about winning to go out and do what needs to be done to get those wins now don't get me wrong I saw something the other day that said that uh, they project the Reds should trade off all of their valuable assets right now and they looked at the Cardinals and they said yeah they're we still need more information to figure out where they are in this pennant race I'm like whoa what are we talking about here like they're in the same spot they're pretty much the same talented team I know that Some people probably think that the Cardinals are more talented. I don't think that their pitching is good enough to keep them in this for as long as they need to be. So I don't understand the philosophy that people think that the Reds need to blow it up right now, especially now that they're like over 500 and they're rolling. It's silly. They need to go get pieces, and I just hope that the ownership agrees with me all right we're going to talk really quick because this is a day game so you may or may not be listening to this before the game is actually taking place we're going to talk about freddie peralta against tyler malley coming up here in just a moment before we jump into that though i've been telling you guys about built bar for a while it is the absolute best tasting protein bar on the market bar none They make it with 100% real chocolate so you know that you've got a great base. Then they add some amazing flavors, whether you're looking at peanut butter brownie, if you got mint chocolate brownie, if you got uh, the churro puff, which is more of a limited flavor, but if you check that out whenever they got it, it's amazing. Kind of tastes like a a Three Musketeer. Or they've got great fruit flavors too, like my favorite, Cherry Barcia. Check out builtbar.com today and. Go there armed with the promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% off your next order. And if you haven't already tested my theory about the best protein bar on the market, it's not a theory, by the way, it's a fact, you need to do that with the promo code LOCKED15. Bilt Bar is amazing. It's great tasting and has great stats too. Check it out, BiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. And I got a tip for you at betonline.ag today. I'm looking at the late game. I'm looking at the Minnesota Twins at the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners have won the first two games of this series, and they are the underdogs on the money line, plus 124 tonight. You've got the rookie for Minnesota, Bailey Ober, making his fourth career start going up against Justice Sheffield, who has been inconsistent this year, but he's shown flashes of brilliance. I'm taking that plus 124 in Seattle to sweep the twins there in Seattle. I, I I think that they're going to win. So you should too. Go take plus 124 money line at betonline.ag, the only sports book online that I trust. And you should too. Set up your profile today. Type in the promo code locked on. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. So there's a couple of bucks. And. Put in plus 124 for the Seattle Mariners to win tonight against the Minnesota Twins, and you'll make a couple of more bucks. That's at betonline.ag, and whenever you set up your profile type and the promo code locked on. And I, I really think that Justice Sheffield can have a good night against the Minnesota Twins. They just won ten to nothing yesterday. Caleb Flexen for the Mariners had a great night on the mound. J. A. Hap, uy, he got killed by that woeful Mariners lineup. So I think that the Mariners are going to take that momentum and take it into a sweep tonight. Plus, I mean, Minnesota's got some guy named Bailey. Bailey Ober, but you know, guys named Bailey, especially if their first name's Homer. Anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah, let's talk about some pitching that we like. Let's talk about Tyler Malley. He is going up on the mound. He had a phenomenal start. In his last outing against the Rockies, and I know he still gave up a couple of runs there at the end of his outing, but by that point, the game was so well in hand, I'm pretty sure he was just trying to pitch to get outs at that point. He wasn't trying to over pitch. He wasn't trying to overexert himself. So whenever he got into trouble, it was like, all right, this is fine. I can just get a couple outs and get out of here. I'm not looking at that as like anything negative or any ominous uh, feeling from his last outing. He's had a nice season overall. He's got the second best strikeout percentage on the team next to Sonny Gray. He's got a 28% strikeout percentage, and he's got the second lowest walk percentage on the team at 7.5. That's just a tick above Wade Miley's 6.7, and he's just been phenomenal when you look at every metric. I mean, his ERA at 3.56 is nice, His ex-fip of 3.62 says he's not getting lucky at all. He's right where he should be. And according to Fangraphs and their metric for wins above replacement, he is the second best pitcher on this team. He is just .1 war below Wade Miley. Wade Miley's got 1.7. He's got 1.6. So he's going up on the mound tonight to try and get that sweep. It is very hard in Major League Baseball to get a sweep on the road of a team, the Reds have a shot here. They've got Freddy Peralta on the mound against them, though, and Freddy Peralta is a pretty good pitcher, too. He's nobody to shake a stick at when you're talking about how the Reds have handled him and the couple of times that they faced him this year. I mean, just the season overall stats of 13 strikeouts per nine, which leads the National League, and then you even look at the hits allowed per nine innings. He has the best mark in all of Major League Baseball, at 4.1. Not many people are hitting him, and the Reds are included in that list because so far this season, they faced him twice. And in those two starts, he has eight and two-thirds innings. Now, one of those was a rain-shortened start. That's why he hasn't thrown a ton of innings against them. He has allowed three earned runs on two homers, but that's only five total hits, and two of them are home runs. So the Reds don't hit him very well. He's got six walks compared to 13 strikeouts. So the moral of the story here for the Reds lineup is be patient. Don't chase everything he throws because he's going to throw a lot of pitches. Freddy Peralta tries to pitch around everybody. He tries to nibble at the corners. And obviously he's been successful at that this year, but he's also given up some walks. So be patient in that. And let's see some walks on the base pass. The nice thing is he's a right-handed pitcher, so we'll see more of a normal lineup. Tucker Barnhart will get back in this one. We'll see Tyler Naquin back in the lineup on this one. Maybe even see Shogo Akiyama as a pinch hitter and actually get a hit or get in a bat. He didn't even get in a bat last night. Now, he was up at the plate in the 10th inning, but mike freeman in that ridiculous base running gaff gets picks up gets picked off of second base while Shogos goes up to bat so that's it he didn't get the hit he didn't you know he was up there for a minute the universe doesn't want Shogo to get at bats it's it's crazy it's it's almost as if the the one guy who was on the reds last year whenever the reds got Shogo, and now isn't on the reds this year was the only guy that wanted him there i don't know that's just a uh It's a theory that I got floating around in my mind, like what on earth is going on here? But maybe he'll get in a bat today. Who knows? We'll see. Going up against Freddie Peralta, and the nice thing is, and maybe they will because he seems to be not human, but the Reds may avoid seeing Josh Hader tonight because he pitched yesterday. That was his fourth appearance in the last five days. So maybe... (laughs) they'll get through this one hey and that's another thing too to look at that win the second game of the series the Reds got the absolute best shot that Brett Anderson can throw they got Devin Williams and they got Josh Hader and they still somehow come out of that game with a win that's awesome we'll probably see Devin Williams tonight but I don't think they'll see Josh Hader Let's see what happens. they coming up today, two ten p.m. Weird start time, but hey, that's what happens when they're on Central Time. We'll be all over it on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds. And make sure that you're following this podcast because we'll recap it tomorrow. We'll also bring in Javi Reyes from the Locked On Padres podcast to talk about this Reds Padres series as the Padres are looking to avoid getting swept at Colorado today. Yeah, Colorado has won the first two games of that series against the Padres. There's just some kind of voodoo magic at Coors Field. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Say so Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the podcast. I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow.